welcome to the Modern Mamas podcast. We're two modern mamas with a goal to inspire empowerment, self-love, deep physical and spiritual nourishment, holistic health, and joy, no matter your journey, gender, or perspective. I'm Laura of Radical Roots. I'm a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, and mama to Evie Wilder. And I'm Jess of Hold Space Wellness. I'm a level one CrossFit trainer, a licensed and certified athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology, and mama to Bear and note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We are so happy you're here. Hey guys, it's Jess here today. It's another podcast episode where we have a very special guest on. So it's just going to be me and Megan today. Um, We have had a ton of requests for this particular topic. We're going to be talking about herbs. Um, We call this episode all about herbs. Um, A lot of you have questions about herbs, adaptogens, how they can fit into different aspects of your life, whether that's during pregnancy, pre-pregnancy, postpartum, um, with children. And so we have so much information to bring to you guys today. It's going to be amazing. Um, Before we dive in, I'll do a quick little check-in, and then I'm going to reintroduce Megan, even though she's been on the podcast before. Um, But let's see. What's going on in my world? I probably should have thought about this before. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing super exciting. Um, I actually – but I will share, um, and I shared a little bit about this on Instagram recently. And I don't know – you might have commented on it. I don't know if you did or not, Megan. But um, I have this thing where – And it's always happened since I was a little kid where I like read a book or I watch a show or a movie and I get so like depressed when it's over. Does that ever happen to you, Megan? Um, Not really? No, but I find myself, uh, I usually like the first part of a story. I feel like it's really exciting and interesting. And then towards the end, you know, it takes a lot to to keep you in to fulfill what was there in the beginning. Yeah. So for me, it's like, I get so sucked in and so invested in the characters and especially when it's not a good, what I would consider a happy ending. Cause I, I love stories <laughs> with happy endings. Yeah. Um, it just like devastates me. I don't know. So anyways, that has been happening recently. Cause I've had some more time to like quote unquote read books. I listen to them um, when I drive around in the car and stuff. And then like, it really happens to me when we binge a show to where, like, if I watch an episode every week, it's not as, like, devastating. But if I, if we sit down and we watch, like, two or three episodes a night and then we finish the whole series in, like, a week, it is devastating to me when it's over. But anyways, <laughs> the reason why character. I'm talking Yeah. The reason why I'm talking about it is actually somebody, um, Grass-Fed Salsa, she's an NTP um, and part of our tribe, but she reached out and said, hey, this is super common in um, people that have this SNP that's like, I think it has to do with calm tea. Oh, so, yeah, anxiety SNP. Yeah, so it's like how you process neurotransmitters. Mm-hmm. So um, she's like, you should check into it because it's super common with people that have that SNP. And I've actually never done any sort of like genetic testing or anything like that. But I guess there are ways to supplement nutritionally and like with other supplements and maybe herbs and things you might be discussing today that help with your emotional state and like processing of those types of things. So anyways, I'm looking into it. She, she suggested, um, 23 and me, but if anybody has any, you know, suggestions on what they did for genetic testing, I guess with 23 and me, you can do like an extra 
you can pay extra to have like nutritional recommendations based on your genetic findings. Yeah. Um, and so she said she did that, but I guess magnesium was one thing that, um, is recommended for people with that SNP. And I was doing, have you heard of that before? Um, magnesium. Yeah, it's good for, um, it's very calming. Like there's these drops that I sometimes take their mineral drops, um, and they have the full spectrum, but they're very high in magnesium. And I remember taking them and after a few days, telling my husband, I feel so calm. Why do I feel so <laughs> this calm? <is> weird. <laughs> and <laughs> like, just like weirdly calm. Um, and I think it was the minerals because I stopped taking them and then I felt like me again. Um, so it can be very, very calming. Um, wait, so you were saying like it was too calm. Um, it was just weird. Like it didn't feel like myself. Like I'm usually like, go, 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 go. And I just felt so at peace, like I was on a cloud and just kind of floating through the kitchen and doing my thing. <laughs> I want those herbs. <laughs> You're gonna have to it, send it's me just magnesium. It's um, those drops that are in a blue bottle. They're very popular. They're on Amazon. It's not. A, it's like, you know, a very straightforward okay, supplement. Cool. But maybe we'll that. link to it. Yeah. yeah, we should definitely do that. I've also yeah. been, and this is kind of like a weird topic to bring up too, because people, I had asked about CBD oil on Instagram like a couple weeks ago and I've done like a ton of research on it because I have anxiety and it tends to flare up during like different parts of my cycle and all this stuff and you've given me some suggestions to, to do um, in terms of that which we'll probably talk about too but um, CBD oil which is like the totally legal mm. uh, supplement it's basically a supplement um, and so we got a store here in town that actually like sells it and so my friend suggested, she's like, hey, you should try it. It's been helping with my anxiety, blah, blah, blah. So I've been using it um, a fairly low dose. And what I've found is it hasn't really helped like anxiety, which, you know, maybe my dosing's not right, but it has helped me sleep so well. I cannot even like express how much it's been helpful in that, that regard because I'll take it right before bed and I like do not wake up all night. And before it was like, I would sleep well, but I would wake up like one or two times a night and just be aware that I had woken up and kind of like, you know, fix positions and stuff. But, um, mm -hmm. with the oil, it's, it's, I don't know. So I know that's a side effect or a, a, a use for it. And so I don't know, maybe I would suggest looking and doing your, your research about that if you have trouble sleeping, but we're also going to talk about some herbs that can help with that sort of thing. So, yeah, I've heard mixed things about it. Um, like um, I've heard that it can make gut problems worse. I think there's like cannabo cannabinoid receptors mm -hmm. in the gut. Um, so it can actually make gut things better um, if you have gut issues. So I think it's really um, dependent on the person. Some people don't feel anything from it. Right. Some people have like a really big improvement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's what my friend was saying. Like, I love it. It's changed my life. And for me, it's like, eh, I mean, it's, it hasn't harmed me in any way that I can think of, but, you know, it's been helpful in that regard. So yeah. that's my check-in. And before we dive in, I'm going to reintroduce Megan um, so that you guys know a little bit of background about her. If you haven't listened to her episodes about um, first foods that we did, or not necessarily first foods, but just in general, like baby you know, transitioning to, to real whole foods. You should definitely listen to that for some more um, information about what she does. But here's a little bit about her. 
Megan is a mama to two boys and lives in Los Angeles. She has a master's degree in traditional oriental medicine and is the creator of First Foods and Beyond. Her main gig for the last 10 years has been copywriting, editing, and research for folks in the health and wellness industry. When Megan found out she was pregnant with her first baby back in 2011, she began going deep into baby health and wellness, specifically a baby's first 1,000 dates. Her interest in baby health, combined with a big love for all things food and gut related, has become the heart and soul of what she does in her own little corner of the web at MeganGarcia.com. So basically, she's just, um, I don't know, what what are you a guru of? Just everything? <laughs> I don't know if I'm a guru. guru. I just, um, I think I'm, I'm, I really like to geek out on baby stuff, like mm-hmm. mainly, um, baby nutrition, like not even baby sleep. Like I get some yeah. questions about sleep and I'm like, I don't feel like I know enough about that to talk about it. Right. But when it comes to, uh, the gut and nutri- nutrition, I'm, yeah. that's your jam. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. I'm glad you're here again today. I love seeing your face. Megan's kind of, uh, Laura and I's go-to when we have anything, nutritional related uh, about babies about ourselves that can be helped with herbs and um, supplements in that regard so I'm excited to share her knowledge with everybody today so we put a call out for questions uh, maybe like when was that like a month or two ago and we a got, year ago yeah it was like <laughs> seriously it was like 2017 for sure um, but we got so many questions so basically we're just going to try and run through everything um, not as quickly as possible. We're just, we're going to take our time. We're going to go through, we're going to make sure Megan, um, answers it as, as in depth as she possibly can. And then we might have her back on if we don't get through everything, but let's just dive in. So all about herbs. Let's talk about the first topic that's come up and immunity, which is a huge thing right now because it's cold and flu season. Everyone's trying to figure out how do I really, really, really help my children, um, immune boosting. And then we have some, a lot of questions on like inflammatory response and skin reactions. So those kind of all tie into that same topic. So why don't you, I'm just going to let you talk. Why don't you tell us a little bit about herbs in that regard? Okay. So, um, my like, um, sort of understanding of herbs is very much based in Chinese medicine, which has like this whole, way of explaining herbs that has to do with fire and wind and the earth and just the elements of the earth basically um, and what is around us and also this concept of like empty and full which is yin and yang so it's very much like you know I can hear about an herb and it clears heat and it gets rid of damp and I kind of understand it whereas you know, in Western herbology, um, it's more the herb and then does like a string of things. So um, I would say my understanding, just to preface it, it of uh, Chinese herbs is very like dialed in, in a sense, because I can read the language of like, of describing it, like it, it's surrounded by this poetic kind of language, like, you know, of, of the elements and empty full. So just want to preface that. So that said, um, when when Chinese medicine deals with infection and um, and and illness, um, usually with infection they want to clear the infection, and so there's a lot of bitter herbs. Um, and when you're dealing with an infection, you don't want to take tonics or immune boosting herbs. And I think that's one thing that I see a lot is like um, we know that like astragalus is good for the immune system, for example, 
or certain mushrooms. But in Chinese medicine, these are tonics. And so they would actually trap the infection in the body. So you wouldn't want to take those when your child or you are sick. Does that make sense? <laughs> Sorry, I was on mute because I'm just like, oh. <laughs> staying fascinated. Um, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense you saying it, but can you kind of explain a little bit more? Okay. So, so, so for example, um, for infection, um, one thing that I recommend like for like the flu or cold or whatever, um, is, um, something called cold snap and you can get cold snap at whole foods or on Amazon. And it has a lot of bitter clearing herbs in it. So when you're taking cold snap, it's really important to stop all your like building herbs, your tonics, your adaptogens, um, astragalus, for example, um, because, you know, people think that these are good to boost the immune system, but you don't want to do that when you're sick. When you're sick, you want to take cold herbs, bitter herbs, herbs that get rid of and clear infection, like cold snap is a really good one. Um, So just to clarify, so like, for instance, during cold and flu season, we tend to give, not every day, but we try and get elderberry syrup into our kiddos um, as like a preventative type thing. But you're saying like during... Like, if they actually get sick, that wouldn't necessarily be suggested? So, so astragalus is a Chinese herb. So that's why I can, like, tell you, okay, like, this is warm, it's a tonic, it's building. Um, elderberry is not a Chinese herb. My, like, research into it, um, you know, it's good for infection. Um, it helps to... Um, it, it does help to fight infection, so I don't see why that would be a bad thing. Um but it's more like the immune boosting herbs, um, which, yeah. Gotcha. So, okay. So okay. just to make so that echinacea very, too. Yeah. Would be so another, it's yeah. not your specialty is in Chinese herbs and medicine. And so everything mm-hmm. that you're going to be talking to us is pertaining to that. Not necessarily like, like you said, elderberry or whatever else is out there. Yeah. I mean, okay. I know a little bit about Western herbs and I can, I just feel like I can like, um, really say like with clarity, like, okay, like this is good in this situation, not that situation. And it's because they understand things or like the medicine understands things in such a way where, um, it's explained in this whole language about the earth. And so it's very easy to translate things over. Totally. And I know you even told me when, when I was asking questions about what I could take for my issues, you know, you're like describing it in, this poetic language, which is beautiful, but you're also, you also said, you know, there is a lot of translation to like, like medicine, like uh, conventional medicine, like terms. It's just different. So different. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. Continue. Okay. So, um, so also like, um, I guess, so in this episode, I also want to like give like a lot of like action steps. And so I'm just going to say like things people can take. So, um, you know, if your baby has, so for adults, moms, um, moms who are pregnant and breastfeeding, cold snap is really awesome. It's really, really, really effective. Um, I have more experience with like taking a mega dose of Chinese herbs when I'm sick and not getting sick. Um, for me, it's just been amazing. And a few moms on Facebook that I know they've done it too, and they love it. And it's really exciting to see other people take herbs, um, and have it work so well because, um, antibiotic use is really a big deal. You know, it's a big deal during pregnancy. 
It's a big deal during breastfeeding. It's a big deal for baby. Antibiotic overuse is a big deal, just like on a global perspective, like we are overusing antibiotics and bacteria are becoming resistant to antibiotics. And so they're becoming more dangerous. So it's really important to limit how we use antibiotics. And for example, my um, husband, um, he has a friend that he does jujitsu with and his daughter has been, um, she's had an ear infection for months now. And they, you know, they've just had her on antibiotics and now she's getting a tube in her ear. And I so badly want to, you know, have them try herbs because they can be so antiseptic, but you know, it really depends on the person and depends on if you're open to it. But the value of getting your, your baby on herbs instead of antibiotics is huge. Um, in the last episode, I talked about part of my story, which was, um, that basically, um, so during my childhood, like infancy from one years, like before I was one, I had been on antibiotics several times for ear infection. Um, and I also had vaccines, like all my vaccines that I should have had. Um, and at one point when I was around two years old, um, my mom tells me that, um, I had my vaccines and then I got, um, an ear infection again. And then I was put on antibiotics and then I stopped talking for, several days. And, um, and I, I grew up with a stutter, like a speech disorder. Um, and I don't really have it anymore because I manage it with, um, diet and just calming techniques because I believe it's related to inflammation. Um, in Chinese medicine, inflammation is wind in the body and a stutter is also like wind. So there's this connection between inflammation and different, like also, um, seizures, which I have a history of as well. So I have like all this wind and inflammation in my body. And, um, to me, I just see the connection between that episode during my infancy and how it has potentially affected my development and having this speech disorder. It was really hard to grow up with. So I think it's very important. And also, um, there's a lot of, uh, science and research around the baby gut microbiome and developmental disorders. Um, And there's some controversy around that, you know, especially when it comes to autism and things like that, because um, there's some scientists and researchers who say that the gut microbiome has a huge connection to the development of your baby's brain. And especially during those first three years at at the age of three, your baby's gut is pretty much like adult like, like it looks like an adult. But before that, it's going through dramatic, huge changes. It starts off in one place and it goes through stages. And so it's really important to honor those stages because those kind of speak to the the immune system, which can be programmed and it speaks to the brain and the gut also has a lot of neurotransmitters in it. So there's this huge like connection between the gut, the brain, your immune system, all that is very connected. So it's really important to nourish that environment. Anyway, so antibiotics. (laughs) Um, <laughs> I love it. I mean, keep going that, on any tangent that you feel okay. necessary. Does that make sense? Oh, totally makes sense. Okay. And that's why so, I think you're kind of setting the stage for why we're talking about this today. Why should people even be interested in herbs? And it, this is why it's a, it's a natural way to combat a lot of common conditions. And you can, you're going to tell us here, hopefully in a little bit, how you can even start utilizing them from a very early age. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Um, a lot of herbs you'll find in the supermarket, they'll say, um, 
for ages two and over. So in Chinese medicine, um, we give herbs to babies, to babies, to newborns if they need them. So that's something also I want to clarify because, um, you know, like a lot of moms ask me, can I give this to my baby? It says for two and over. And, um, I'm not a doctor. Um, I just read a lot and I have a degree in Chinese medicine. That doesn't mean that I'm a doctor, but I will say that, um, we do give herbs to babies and it's really great for them in some cases. And, um, it can be good for anything from colic and reflux to constipation to infection. Um, it, overall, you know, it's good to do le- like less is more for a baby. Um, but if they need them, yeah, it's great. So, um, so yeah, so for infection, a cold snap, you can get that at Amazon or whole foods. Um, there's something called, um, CQ junior by blue poppy and it's on Amazon. And, um, that is really good for infection as well. It helps to clear heat out of the body, which is, um, heat is infection, um, or it can be. Um, and then another one is something called fire, uh, it's called firefighter. And, um, that would be more for, you know, in terms of immune balance, it's more for inflammation. We had a question about hives. So that's more for hives, um, eczema, um, any kind of like skin heat. Um, and that's, so eczema was this, do you remember if this particular person was asking about like for her kiddo or for herself, can those be utilized both in adults and kiddos? And would that be like for an acute reaction or is that something like if you're prone to hives and eczema, like it's more like, it's more like, um, so for the, it's a pediatric, um, um, herbal formula, but, um, it's more like you look at the eczema and if it looks really like, like red, um, and like there's a lot of heat, then that would be something that would kind of clear it and cool it down. Um, and if it's kind of like oozing and pussy, I mean, there's different types of eczema. There's some that's kind of dry and then there's others that are more pussy and oozy. And so it's more for those really red, um, acute outbursts. Gotcha. If that makes sense. Yeah. It does, totally. Um, so yeah, so, uh, cold, uh, CQ junior, which is, uh, short for cold quail junior for babies. Um, and, oh, and yin chow and a lot of moms, um, Natalie, she lives in Santa Cruz near Laura, honey, gimme. Yeah. Do you know? Oh, you're on mute. Um, yes, I know her. I love her. Yes. She's amazing. Yes. Yeah, so Has a little she, one. Yes. Um, so the other day, um, I saw her that she was using the Yin Chow Jr., which is like a little, um, tincture. Um, and that can be really good, um, for infection as well. Um, and that one you can get on Amazon too. And for cold snap, um, it does contain cornstarch. So I just want to let moms know about that. And you can give that one to your baby as well. Um, especially your baby, if your baby's over six months, um, that's fine. You could do like a little, I, with herbs, I usually like to make like little teas. Like I blend my herbs with some sort of coconut milk or, um, raw goat milk, some water. And they're like these little frothy, amazing teas. And I give them to my kids all the time. And you had mentioned to me when I started my, what you recommended for me, like in Chinese medicine, you want to taste the, yes. the taste of the herbs, right? Like you yeah. don't want to try and like necessarily mask it. I mean, you might have to do that for kids. Um, 
My kids actually love the taste of plain okay. herbs. They're so That's weird. good. <laughs> yeah, That's I mean, amazing. they're bitter. I think like when they're straight, they don't like them as much, but my youngest will take them anyways. It's it's funny. Um, yeah, but if you need to, actually for cough, um, if you mix it with honey, it's actually a good thing because there's some research that honey can be good for cough, especially at night. Right. Um, it helps to reduce cough. So um, honey, cough, and babies over 12 months. Yes. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, I think just mixing it with some, some kind of milk and letting the herbs, a lot of the herbs, um, cold snap is, it does have licorice root in it. Um, so it does have kind of a sweet taste anyways. So yeah. (laughs) I keep muting because my dogs are being... Ridiculous. I can't hear them. Oh, well, okay. They're I, my ridiculous. kids are in the background screaming. So. <laughs> I can't you hear, hear them, them, so okay, that's great. great. <laughs> uh, okay, great. Uh, so, anything else you want to add to like the immune hives infection realm? Nope. Just okay. to underscore the fact that um, when you're sick, only take herbs to clear illness and an infection, and then. Um, and then after that, you can start up like your other, you know, adaptogens again. Gotcha. Okay. So moving along, since we kind of touched on kiddos, let's talk about baby constipation because we all, all first time and even repeat mamas, like they go through this phase where they start the introductions of usually around like the introduction of solids, poop starts to change. People are freaking out. Like this isn't normal. And constipation yeah. is, a, is usually, usually occurs to some degree. So this particular listener wants to know more about digestive health. So how can we support, support digestive health for babies and toddlers, specifically constipation? Um, okay, so, so, so constipation. Um, sometimes moms think their baby is constipated because the baby hasn't gone to the bathroom for a few days. Um, and, and that is a little, you know, different. Um, but technically constipation is hard, dry stools. Um, I have this um, PDF that I made um, in my library and it's called the diaper dudes. Um, and it's basically like, it was actually inspired by, um, Diane San Filippo's, uh, poop pageant yeah. and her <laughs> book. I, and I made pageant. this like, I love that. yeah. And I made the diaper dudes, um, gosh, like years ago when I first started, you know, my website. Um, and so it has all of the different, and this is based on the Amsterdam stool scale, um, for babies. And there was actually this paper that I read, which showed visual pictures of what's in a diaper at different stages. And so I just kind of like replicated that, but in a fun, easy to understand way. Mm -hmm. Um, and technically, um, constipation is hard, dry stool Okay. and it can be smeary. So So just so if moms, you know, just, I guess my point is that, you know, there's no need to be concerned if your baby is grunting or um, making faces. Um, It's usually normal, like normal, you know, it it happens. There is no normal when it comes to baby stool, I guess, like if there's a wide range. Um, Yeah. Um, But if your baby's truly constipated, um, there is hard dry stool and, um, which can definitely happen because as a baby starts solids, 
Um, the plant fibers can change like the ecosystem of the gut and babies, the, and the motility slows down. Um, probably one of the first things I would do is reduce the amount of plant foods that you're giving to your baby. Um, a lot of times we like to give, you know, um, like avocado and sweet potato and those types of things. I think plant foods seem more like baby friendly, Mm -hmm. but, um, I'm all about like the meat for babies. I think it's really great for many reasons. And so I would, you know, just reduce the plant foods that you're giving and emphasize more meat and fat. Um, and then I would probably also do a probiotic. You can do flaxseed. You can like add flaxseed to a tea or to your bone broth that you're making. Um, and then there is a formula for this. Um, it's called easy going by con herb company. And that's also on Amazon. Um, and that is really, it's good for acute situations. Like, you know, your, your baby's constipated and you need things to move now. And the other option is, I don't know, a suppository or something like that. Um, I would probably do herbs first. Okay, cool. Yeah. That was pretty straightforward. I love it. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you have anything else to add to that one? Uh, nope. I think okay. that's, that's pretty good, yeah. Perfect. Um, so we kind of touched about this a little bit on immune, immune, the immune question, but I feel like that was more geared to what to do when you are having an illness. And this one seems, so, I mean, it's a little bit tied into that, but she wants to know about herbs to help with illness during pregnancy. Um, for example, she's battling the the flu at 29 weeks and obviously during pregnancy, that's a time where you would really, really want to explore um, non-pharmaceutical, yeah, alternative, like non-pharmaceuticals. So, um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I would just take cold snap. And that's probably the easiest to get thing um, you can get at Whole Foods. So basically when you start to get sick, you want to like, if you start to get that tickle in your throat and you're feeling sort of like, you just feel sort of off, I feel sick, um, go get a bottle of cold snap, of cold snap at Whole Foods. It's like 12 bucks and like take, you know, a handful of pills. <laughs> and that's kind of a lot. Down. Even if you're pregnant. No, I mean, that's <laughs> Even if you're pregnant, um, in pregnancy, um, you usually want to avoid like heavy herbs. So we'll talk about this later when we talk about pearl powder. I was looking into the adaptogens because right. I know that a lot of moms are curious about adaptogens and I'm kind of like, okay, what are adaptogens? Like what are right. people taking? And pearl powder is a really big one and that one's heavy in Chinese medicine. So you wouldn't want to take that during pregnancy. Right. Um, but anyways, so for infection, um, cold snap is safe. Um, it just clears the infection. It's even good for other places in the body that have like kind of a chronic infection. I wouldn't take it preventively. Like like I wouldn't take it to prevent infection. It's really clearing. It can dry you out because it has those cold, bitter herbs. Um, but, um, I would take, you know, a heavy dose and I would probably make a tea with it because you want to sip on those herbs. You want to feel them go down. You want to taste them you know, the infection, you can feel it in your throat. Like you really want to taste those herbs and it tastes kind of yummy. It's kind of like coffee taste because it's so bitter. Um, so yeah, it's nice. You know, it's like a little ritual. Um, but I would definitely do cold snap. Um, it's super easy to get and use and you want to take those immediately. Um, not wait. Um, because the longer you wait in Chinese medicine, they say like the deeper the infection goes. So it's really easy to get rid of an infection when it's on the surface is how they explain it. So, or how to explain it <laughs> I love your hand movements. You guys can't can't see. I know. Obviously, but she's very, I guess, 
expressive. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay, great. That makes sense though. I mean, makes perfect sense to me at least. Um, And then kind of to speak to that, I guess this, this listener wants to know which herbs are most effective during certain points of the immunity life cycle. So you're kind of talking about that a little bit, but they're specifically asking about a few ones, um, Osha, Astragalus, and Echinacea. Uh, but I guess she was told that certain times in the cold season you want, and for certain body types, you want to use different herbs. Do you have any uh, wisdom Yeah. So this is the perfect example of what I was talking about earlier. So basically like astragalus, you would not want to use that when you're sick. You want to take that before to boost your immunity. Um, I did a little like, um, Instagram stories on this and it's saved in my Instagram, uh, profile, that little story saved featured highlight, highlighted stories. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and basically like, um, even before a vaccine, um, you would want to do something like astragalus to boost your immune system, to support the protective, um, they call it like wei qi in Chinese medicine, but it's like the protective energy around the body or immune system. So um, astragalus is amazing for that. It's your upright energy. It's really protective. But if you take it when you're sick, it's going to trap the infection in the body, supposedly. So you really don't want to do that. Um, and that's why I like kind of when I was talking earlier about Chinese herbs, I prefaced it with this explanation of like how they use how in, in the medicine um, we use terms um, such as wind and dampness and heat because I'm describing it and I, and I hope it's making sense, but it's very, like I said, poetic. So I, I hope what I'm saying is coming across in terms of the protective layers and things like that. Yeah, I think if anything, yeah. it makes even more sense when you think about it. And just like, I mean, I don't know, to me, at least, it makes more sense the way you're describing the functions and what's happening in the body, like, you know, heat and all of that stuff. Like, to me, that makes yeah. perfect sense. But I don't know. Hopefully, okay, yeah. you're kind of demystifying, I guess, the the talk around oh, that. Good. So this is this is helpful, I think. So awesome. So any more to add about that? Flu, cold. Um, I mean, as far as I know, echinacea is awesome. Um, you know, I've heard that you only want to take it at the beginning of an infection. I haven't done enough um, research into it. I do know that it's great for shortening the duration of an infection. Um, but like I said, it's not, um, it's more like I can see echinacea and it's like dotted with all these studies. And I don't really have like that understanding of how it moves and works through the body in in that sense but it's great is is echinacea a chinese herb or is that no it's not it's western yeah it's really like i think it's like a flower that's native to north america even yeah that's so interesting to me um and astragalus that's chinese that's that's a chinese herb yeah okay it's called wang chi for anyone who (laughs) wants to know (laughs) For those people who are just super excited about Chinese herbs, <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm loving this whole episode, but it's just, I mean, you're introducing some basic concepts and then like imparting some deeper wisdom to people that are like really want to know more. So I love it. Thank you so much. Chinese herbs work so well, you guys. Like I want, I want everyone to explore it and um, it's really exciting because a lot of them are accessible now. You can get them through Amazon, Whole Foods, like it's not... I mean, and, and there's companies that are doing the adaptogens, which are like, like tonic herbs. So it's really, um, very accessible and I want people to like embrace it and use these herbs because they're great. 
So speaking of adaptogens, talk to us, because this is, I feel like it is like the buzzword of 2017. Everyone's talking about adaptogens. Everyone's talking yeah. about, um, gosh, I'm trying to think of some of the, the major ones. Um, and it's totally, oh, like, <laughs> astragalus is one of them, but there's one that's like huge and I cannot for the life of me think about it. Is maca an adaptogen? Am I thinking um, of that? Not, I mean, it, it could be considered that in my, I'll, I'll talk about maca. Okay. Well, tell, talk about maca tell right us, now? No, tell us about adaptogens. What are they? It's, it's this huge buzzword and I've heard different things. Like some people say, oh, I'm not even going to say, you tell us. No, Demystify. I want to what people say. Well, tell some me. people say, you know, it's adaptogens are, are just that. So you take them and you have to kind of take them for a long period of time, not a long period of time, but consistently over the course of, of several weeks for them to be kind of effective. And then also that basically they are used for whatever your body needs at that time, whatever stress you're undergoing, they're supposed to provide you support in a very like adapted way. So that's my understanding, but I know that there are specific ones that you can use for different things, I'm assuming. So just tell us, what are they? What are these adaptogens? Okay. So in Chinese medicine, which a lot of adaptogens, if you, so I, I looked into adaptogens because even I was like, okay, what are the adaptogens? Um, because it is a very trendy, hot topic. Um, there's a couple of companies and they're all based out of like LA area, which is interesting. Um, like there's the moon juice shop. Um, there's that four sigmatic um, mushroom coffee company. Um, there's another one called sun potion. Um, there's shaman shack, which I actually knew the creator of shaman shack when I used to work in the herb world more. Um, so there's a lot of companies and they're, and they're LA based, a lot of them. Um, and the adaptogens that I see are like hushawu, which is a Chinese, which is the Chinese, the Chinese name for an herb called hushawu. And, um, it's not translated into English and hushawu is a very popular one for beauty. Um, pearl is a popular one for beauty. Um, there's cordyceps. That's a mushroom. That's um, also a Chinese herb. Um, and that one's more for energy. Um, there's a Reishi, yeah, yeah reishi. reishi. Um, that's good for um for you know the spirit. They say um, there's um, what else is there? Astragalus. A, I was gonna say there's another one with an A. That's what I was like blinking. I feel like you even told me about it. Is it's, it's I keep wanting to say it's astragalus, but it's something else. Anyways, I'm sure that it'll come that. to me. Okay. Um. There's Cisandra. That's another really popular one. Was that it? No, that wasn't it. A. Hmm. I don't know. It'll come to me. I'm Google sure. it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to Google it. You keep talking. Google it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, okay. So, so a lot of these adaptogens are actually Chinese herbs. So, um, so that's interesting. And, and then, you know, my interpretation of them is like, okay, these are tonic herbs. A lot of them are herbs that build blood, build energy, build um, sort of your, they call it jing or life force in the body, the yin and the yang. That's the empty and the full, your jing. Um, it's your feminine energy is the yin, your masculine energy is the yang. That's how this is described. Like in, so when in Chinese medicine, there's yin tonic. So a lot of the yin tonics are described in companies, um, with adaptogens as beauty tonics, but they're not necessarily, um, beauty tonics there or 
beauty adaptogens or described as beauty adaptogens. Really, they um, are yin building, which um, in Chinese medicine is like the feminine essence. Um, it's your moisture, your fluids. Um, goji berry is another really popular adaptogen. And you can get those at like, you know, the store to snack on. I remembered. Or actually, I didn't remember. I can't what is it? I googled ashwagandha. Oh, ashwagandha. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm like, this one I hear all the time. And then also it was... Um, where is it? Rhodiola. Those were two that I've seen a lot of like bloggers, wellness bloggers using in like their smoothies or their matcha or whatever. Yeah. Um, so ashwagandha is not a Chinese herb. That's okay. like one of the few that's not. Um, and that's, but that's a, it's known as Indian ginseng, ginseng, Indian ginseng. Um, and uh, it's because it's kind of like ginseng, but it's, um, it's more subtle in its effect. So, um, so so the basic idea behind adaptogens is that they help the body to adapt to stress and they work with like the stress response pathway and system. And they, they kind of help you if you're really stressed out, they help to calm you down. And if you need a little more pickup and energy, then they help to boost you up. Um, but my feeling is that it's a little more complex and nuanced than that. And so, um, while adaptogens are great, like I really like to see, you know, if you want to go into herbs, like maybe even working with a practitioner or an acupuncturist or something, um, because herbs can work really well together. And that's kind of like the heart and soul of Chinese medicine is that that empty and full, the balance. Okay. There's the earth, the earth does, it's not just fire. The earth is not just dirt. It's not just wind. It's like this whole balance of things coming together and working together and there's systems in place. And so, um, Chinese medicine definitely, like embraces and this, those systems are the foundation of how it works. So it's all about creating balance in the body. So, um, I would, you know, I, I have worked in, um, the tonic herb industry for a while. And I used to make like smoothies for people <laughs> like back in the day, um, and, and teas. And that's why I do it so much now. And we would mega dose, um, adaptogen or tonic herbs in these. Um, and one of the issues with that is that, you know, if you're, if you have a lot of heat in your body and you're taking cordyceps, that might not be the best thing for you. It's not balanced. Um, yeah. So, so like me seeing, um, some of these like wellness bloggers and such, like they will literally post a recipe for the smoothie, which looks, I'm sure it's very nourishing, but it's got like literally 10 different things, which I'm sure maybe if they've been guided by a practitioner or they really, really have an understanding like of what works well together. Like, I mean, it's not necessarily that you need to like take these adaptions every single, like every single one, every single day. Is that what you're saying? Like you really want to feed yeah. what you need? Feed what you need. Ooh, that should be like a shirt. I just coined that. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright. Trademark. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, Listen to your body and feed what you need. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, so thanks for kind of demystifying that. There's a lot of different ones out there, and obviously you're going to speak to the ones that you're most familiar with, but we get a lot of questions. I mean, a huge chunk of what we have here is about these adaptogens during breastfeeding, during pregnancy, and for, for babies. So is there anything – so I guess talk to us first about – babies and toddlers with adaptogens which ones okay. can they do which ones would you not recommend and why okay so I'm just gonna list so I, I looked into this and and I looked okay what are the adaptions so I have pearl astragalus hushawoo cordyceps cisandra 
reishi and ashwagandha was one you said and um what was the other one you said oh rhodiola yeah so um of those that are the most common adaptogens that we see um you know pearl might be good for um eczema um pearl is known as an adaptogen a beauty adaptogen um, but in Chinese medicine, it's more, um, it's more for like ulcerate, like, like ulcers on the skin. Um, so it's, it's known for being like a skin tonic. Um, but it's, um, well, it, it is a skin tonic, I guess. And I would say, and, um, it also is better used for like heat and pussy skin stuff. Um, acne, so like maybe like serious acne. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. I'm just um, trying to think of like what's co- what people say that's common that where it's like really red and like eczema. Too. Yeah, eczema. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, but can babies use that? It would be I wouldn't give it to I mean maybe it would be okay in small doses, but I I I wouldn't give really a baby any adaptogen except for maybe a strongest. Like that's the only one I would really give to a baby. And you had um, mentioned the, Sorry, go ahead. No, no. I was going to say you had mentioned some in the whole first segment that were baby friendly that can help with infection and stuff like that. Yeah. So, oh, and reishi is also very like mild and, you know, good for babies. Um, there's a, um, okay. So yeah. Um, for, for babies, there's, um, a formula called, um, um, er, it's called immune fortifier by herb farm and it has reishi and astragalus in it and can be really good to support the immune system so um i think that one is totally okay for babies and on the bottle it says for two years um and over but i would give it to babies um six months and over you said immune fortifier yeah by herb farm and if you're doing vaccines and um you're concerned about a response before six months um i would potentially give uh, clear it with your doctor if it was yeah. me I would probably so as like leading up to vaccination you would want to take something like immune fortifier to help like handle yeah. the is that what you're saying yeah like astragalus is used in chemotherapy in um, China it's really big for protecting the body so it helps to like detoxify and cleanse it helps to support the immune system it's just a really good herb for many applications where you need to support your immune balance. Okay. Gotcha. And again, I know you mentioned this before, like this is all general information and Megan isn't a doctor, but she has a lot of experience with this. And these are general recommendations. I'm assuming you would say if someone has very specific questions about their child's health or themselves, like getting into contact with I don't know if you work one-on-one with clients. Do you work one-on-one with clients? Um, no. I answer a lot of emails, okay. <laughs> but I don't really, t- no, I don't really like have, I don't, I don't know why. I just, um, I would require I guess, a lot of time and work. I'm sure. What? Uh, working one-on-one, like, would yeah. probably require a lot and of I time. I'm like in this like point in my life where I don't, I, I don't really want to charge for it. I just want to like, and it sounds weird probably in some ways, but like, I just want to like connect with people and, um, be there and yeah. I'm, and, and offer like information that I know from like a yeah. order kind of perspective, but it's mm-hmm. not necessarily to, you know, it's not my business, I guess. And yeah. It's not, yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I mean, that's, it's, 
not indicating that you should or anything like that, but you had mentioned before, you know, for some of these things you might want to check um, with a provider, but for the most part, taking these things as you're talking about them, it's not necessarily going to harm. Oh yeah. So we'll always, I mean, if you feel uncomfortable or I'm just going to preface it for my own, just because I should, um, always check with your pediatrician first. Um, but I don't. So. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like, I, I probably wouldn't run this by my pediatrician, though he is very holistic. It's like, like you're saying a lot, these are natural things. And you're kind of telling us which ones probably aren't great for babies and toddlers. But other than that, like the ones that are historically are, are fine. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Chinese medicine has a very flexible, like they use herbs. We use herbs in Chinese medicine very um it's, it's very open with babies. There's not a lot of, um, restrictions as long as it makes sense. And so, you know, if you're, if you, if you want to give herbs to your baby, um, I'm telling you things that you can take and they are pediatric formulas and they're very safe and they can be very effective, but ideally you would work with an acupuncturist. Okay. Um, I was going to ask who actually like that. An acupuncturist has, I mean, that's part of what they learn in their, their schooling is yeah. herb use. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, I don't, um, I went to school for acupuncture, so oh, I know cool. acupuncture and Chinese herbs and massage and that's, the whole Chinese medicine bubble. That's really cool. I, I yeah. literally had no idea that that's part of what they do. I've never been, I've never done acupuncture work, but I've heard it's like amazing. It's awesome. Yeah. So thanks for kind of bringing light to that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so, gosh, we have so many questions. So <laughs> you talked to us a little bit about babies and adaptogens. Talk to us. And you meant. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. What? Well, um, no, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> what about like for breastfeeding and pregnancy? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so Pearl, um, Pearl, we don't want to do during pregnancy. Um, it's a beauty adaptogen. Um, we don't even really, I feel like most people during pregnancy, like, at least for me, my skin was glowing. My hair was like just gorgeous and flowing. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't need anything. I, no, was, yeah. I was like literally just radiating, you know, at least for me. But anyways, go ahead. It's a special time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Pearl is good for um, stress. So in a lot of Chinese formulas, um, especially for like PMS or stress related formulas. Um, Pearl can be really great for anxiety. Pearl can be very calming. Um, it anchors you down. So it's like, it's that heavy herb. So it's not good for pregnancy because it's heavy, but it's good for anxiety because it's heavy. It pulls things down and it gives you a ground to kind of like be rooted in. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Okay. I love that. Um, and then, um, astragalus, we covered that pretty much. Right. Yeah. Is there anything that's not safe? Okay. So you mentioned Pearl, not necessarily wanting to do that during pregnancy, but in terms of breastfeeding, like to pass through like that barrier, is there anything that's not safe? Maybe it would be more easier to answer that. Yeah. Um, cordyceps, um, would be one that I probably wouldn't do. I mean, you could, um, for, for energy, uh, cordyceps or, rhodiola and the only reason why i wouldn't do those is because it'll keep your baby up okay that's what i was gonna say (laughs) well kind of like drinking you know coffee coffee it can have that similar effect to the kiddo right yeah and and i have personally experienced and experimented with those 
um, just because, you know, you're so tired sometimes. Yeah. Um, and so I have all these herbs in my cabinet and, um, I've tried both cordyceps and rhodiola and my baby was up so much. So if you do take it, be prepared, even if you take it early in the day. Um, so I probably wouldn't do those. Um, cordyceps is like, you know, it's really good for cough. It's called a yang tonic or an energy tonic. It's very heating. So, um, you know, you do want to be careful if you have like a lot of heat in your body, meaning like heat, um, you know, like your face, maybe like be flushed a lot. Um, you might feel like kind of emotional, um, in terms of like anger or depression. Um, these are signs of heat or constriction in the body. So I would just be cautious with cordyceps and with all of the adaptogens, you really want to, the best thing to do is to check in with yourself. You take something, take one thing, start with one thing and see, see how you feel for a few days mm -hmm. or do a mega dose of it. If you are feeling really bold. Yeah. And, and just see, yeah, that makes total yeah. sense. Um, um go ahead. So Hushawoo, um, I was just going to say Hushawoo is safe during um, breastfeeding and postpartum and actually can build blood. So that would be um, a good one. Maybe if you're having issues breastfeeding, um, constipation after um, or postpartum is kind of common too. So um, in Chinese medicine, Hushawoo is really good for constipation because it's building for like moisture and blood. So constipation is seen as dryness. Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of moistens things, moves things along. That makes sense. Now, transitioning a lot of these adaptogens and herbs, we're talking about like stress um, support and energy. And a lot of them kind of speak to like when you're feeling tired, like you can take these and kind of get things back on track. But what about like sleep related? So we can kind of touch on a couple of these questions that are even coming later. So this particular one, I hear about babies and sleep. So anything mm -hmm. that can encourage sleep for them. And then also for adults, like insomnia or just restlessness. Um, is there anything in your arsenal that you would recommend for both of those situations? Yeah. Um, I, for sleep, um, there's something called tender teeth for baby and it has an herb in it that's really well known for sleep and it helps to, it just makes you really sleepy when you take a lot of it. Um, it's kind of sedative. Um, the tender teeth formula is heat clearing. So it's good for teething restlessness. Um, sometimes I give it to my um, oldest kid, um, because he just is, he has a lot of energy and he's really restless. And if he seems really irritable, um, and kind of cranky, um, I just give them a little bit of that and it helps them kind of just relax and tone down a bit. Um, and sometimes I give it to my baby as well when he's like teething and he has a little bit of a fever. Um, it's not something that you would give if your baby is sick. That's a, that, that goes back to that whole thing where you don't give tonics to your baby when, or adaptogens to your baby when there's an illness or an infection, because you want to clear that infection first. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> And that's where you're um, talking about the cold snap and the, um, you mentioned another one. I think it was like CQ that like CQ kind of, junior, yeah. cold quill junior. Yeah. <clears throat> Got it. And yin chow. Yeah. Um, and then for adults, um, you could take the tender teeth an adult could take it too. Um, but you would need a higher dose. Um, pearl powder would be really good for sleep and insomnia because it's anchoring. It pulls things down. Um, Cisandra is also calming. Um, Cisandra is a uterine stimulant. So, um, 
I would have, it, it, it's actually used to promote labor, like in the end stage of labor. So I don't think there's any caution or contraindication like in Chinese medicine with using it during pregnancy, but I would still be slightly cautious around it since it is a stimulant. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Anything else? Um, I think that's, I, I think we covered everything. Yeah. And you kind of talked about this too. I don't know if you want to add any more. So a lot of these questions just kind of like weave into just the natural flow of conversation, but um, specifically like for breastfeeding moms who are zapped of energy, they're not getting sleep obviously. And maybe that's not going to change anytime soon, but they just are in that, like, I don't, I, it's so recent for me that I can still like picture it, but like that fatigue state where you just feel yeah. run down, which one specifically would you recommend for that state? Um, so astragalus would be really great for that. Cause that's your that helps to promote upright energy. So that's going to be really good. Um, and that's of the adaptogens. And then also like a more comprehensive like formula, which is kind of what we talked about together mm-hmm. you know, for you. Um, that can help too. Um, usually you want to do like gentle, um, gentle energy tonics. Um, and a lot of those aren't in the adaptogen world. It's more of like a Chinese medicine thing. Um, so more of a custom formula. There is something, oh no, that has cordyceps in it. So that wouldn't work. Um, what was the one that you, I can't think of the name of it. It's not in front of me. It was like, Hey, Hey, Hashawu. No, that's not what you, it was like seven herbs together. Um, God, it's, uh, I don't have it in front of me. It's, I ordered it off Amazon because you specifically said that these like seven herbs. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So for you? Yeah. Um, so yeah. It's a little bit different than I guess what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. because that's that's more like customized. Okay. Like, so that's why um, there are some general formulas that are really good. For example, PMS. Um there's this one, um, it's called the free and easy wandering powder. <laughs> and, um, let's see, what would you That's get for it? P- under- PMS you said? Yeah. Really good for PMS, PMS and cramps and crankiness and like breast tenderness and all of that. Um, let's see, um, on Amazon, you would get it under Bupleurum and Peony. Um, there's a company called Jing Herbs that sells it. Um, and that will kind of like get rid of like heat in the body. It'll get rid of your cramps. It'll get rid of your crankiness. Um, all you, those PMS symptoms. Okay. Can you restate that? I want to make sure these are links <clears throat> in the show notes, but you said on Amazon, what would we be looking for? Okay. So on Amazon, you would get it as Bupleurum and Peony, which I can send you. It's like, um, B, Bupleurum, um, B, U. It's okay. I can have a spelling and, challenge here <laughs> and peony it's it's uh it's like there's a lot of u's and e's um if i write it out i can yeah. spell it. um and peony um peony is p-e-o-n-y um and that is under the company jing herbs j-i-n-g jing herbs um so you can get that on amazon and it's really great for those pms hardcore cranky um breast tenderness cramping symptoms but if you have more of a blood deficiency um, where, you know, you're you, like, you feel dizzy sometimes, you have a light period, um, your blood is like kind of light colored. Um, oh, and for the 
buplerm and peony, there's clots in your period blood. You have like a lot of those dark clots. But okay, so if you have more <laughs> of a blood deficiency and there's like a light colored period blood, you feel dizzy. It's food. <laughs> it'll 
it builds your blood and it'll help you. And your blood is really important. So, you know, your blood, it helps you sleep better. If you're blood deficient, you're going to have a really hard time sleeping. If you don't have enough blood, you're going to feel anxiety. And this is all Chinese medicine perspective. I mean, from like more of a Western perspective, we think iron, but in Chinese medicine, blood is huge. Um, you need blood to sleep. You need blood for your emotional balance. They say that, um, in Chinese medicine, it said that the blood carries emotions. So your emotions are embedded in your blood. You want your blood to be abundant, not too abundant. Um, because, and, and also you want your digestive energy to kind of control the flow of blood but overall you need to boost your blood usually if you're a mom because you gave birth and you lost a lot of blood and all that so that it's really sense. important to support that system yeah yeah well, we're rounding out on about an hour and we have so much more to talk about um but i do kind of want to wrap up this particular kind of area in terms of adaptogens and all that stuff but um yeah talk and what is your take on adrenal fatigue in relation to China? How does Chinese medicine view that? And if, you know, a lot of these herbs that we're talking about and the adaptogens that we're talking about, are there mm -hmm. any specific combinations or ones that you would suggest um, for adrenal fatigue? So adrenal fatigue might be equated to like they call So in Chinese medicine, it's called Jing. Your Jing is your adrenal kidney energy. Um, and that is usually supported in the world of adaptogens by sex adaptogens, like sex tonics. Ooh, um, yeah. That sounds fun. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, the juice shop, they have all of their dusts, like beauty dust and power dust, I think maybe one. And there's a sex dust. And so that one would be more like that is very deeply supportive of that Jing energy um, or essence. Um what do you know what specifically is in that? Or do you have an idea of what they probably put in something like that? I looked at it. It's kind of crazy. I mean, it's like really intense. Really? It will make you it will boost your libido. Um, like it has epimidian leaf, which is a huge libido tonic, but it's also very young, tonifying. It will support your energy. You'll feel energized, but you'll also feel, you know, a stronger sex drive. Um, let me look it up. Let's see, sex dust. Something weird is going to come up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better watch, watch out. <laughs> Moon juice shop. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure it has epimidian. Let's see. Sex dust, moon juice. <clears throat> Lusty super herbs. Um, so from, so adrenal fatigue. And also you could do something more moderate like sazandra would be, that in Chinese medicine is an an astringent herb. And so it helps to astringe, meaning it helps to conserve pollen. So it's really good for like night sweats, which is a sign of adrenal fatigue sometimes, or being taxed in that way. And I know night sweats are really common postpartum. So um, for moms, I probably would not do sex dust. I probably, I think that would be, it's more, let's see, what's in it? Cacao, shilajit. For moms, you would not do sex, sex dust, dust ever? Or like acutely postpartum. If you want to get pregnant again, um, it would be great. So it has epimidium, which is called horny goat weed. Um, <laughs> in, Chinese, in Chinese medicine, it's a very powerful yang tonic. It's very hot. Um, maca is not a Chinese herb, but I know from experience and just, you know, hearing 
from my own experience with it and seeing different things, um, it can help with fertility, but it's also very hot in nature. So you don't really want to take all these hot herbs because um, usually postpartum you are depleted. And so there's that balance that we're talking about. And so like you want to replenish the fluids, the blood, the like you don't want to heat things up more. If the fluids in the blood are deficient, you're going to feel excess heat. You're going to sweat at night. You're going to have hot flashes. This is what happens like more during menopause. So I would not do something like sex dust. I think it's like really um, aggressive, but something like sedandra, dongue, astragalus, that would be a really good combination. And you could get like the bulk herbs yourself and, um, let me pull you up. I like seeing your face when I talk to you. Um, <laughs> I know it's weird when I don't have someone to look at when we record. I, I can't get over it anyway. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, so there you are. Um, so yeah, like you could make a broth or a, like a stock with these herbs and it's done, it's commonly done in China. They just throw herbs into their bone broth or whatever mm-hmm. soup, chicken soup, chicken soup is great. Um, also as a cheaton or an, an energy tonic chicken soup is awesome. Okay. Anyways. So yeah. Um, adrenal so, fatigue, I would do more Cisandra. Okay. And I would nourish your, your, your blood and, um, and just really support your, um, those like your, your fluids, um, with food and with gentle herbs like Cisandra, astragalus and Dunkway. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. That's a good stopping point. Uh, yeah, that's a great, great stopping point. Now, or starting. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mom's a good place to start. Okay. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you one more thing. Um, so going back to the sex test, because the name is just like piquing my curiosity. So you would say, like, for me, as someone who's not breastfeeding, you know, not, I mean, my kiddo's like 18 months, I'm not like acutely postpartum. If I was going to take that, mm-hmm. would it you be? Would, I mean, go ahead. Um, you know, just like knowing you and because we've had a conversation yeah. about um, like your body um, and I think it would be okay. You know, um, I think it would, it would, you would feel a lift in energy. Um, I would watch for, you know, your sleep, how your sleep is affected. I would watch for your emotions Um, if, if it makes it like a little more like, um, you know, not as even. Yeah. Not as even. Exactly. Um, because it can be so heating. Um, yeah. So, okay, great. I have one more question and I think we'll probably wrap it up for this particular episode, but oh my gosh. Am I making sense overall? Does this exciting? yeah, You're I totally want you to, I want people to feel excited. No, I'm, I'm I'm like ready to go out and like load my Amazon cart right now. Okay. <laughs> Tim's gonna be like, "What are you buying? <laughs> <laughs> what is a stragglers? Um, No, so I, I think it's great. It's really good information. I think this is kind of like you've explained adaptogens well as a basic like understanding of why they're utilized and what they do. Um, when to use them and when not to use them. I think in our, hopefully next episode, we can get you on soon. We can talk a little bit more, like dive deep into some very specific things. Um, Cause it seems like that's what people have questions about their specific, I guess what's going on with them specifically. Um, but the last one for this particular topic, um, someone's asking about um, blood sugar handling issues. 
And again, I know you've like mentioned adaptogens for specifically for blood. And I don't even know mm-hmm. if that's like the same thing, but can you tell us if there's anything and we'll kind of wrap up this, this episode. There are a lot of um, adapt. Well, not there's so in the world of adaptogens that we can get and access easily. Um, a couple of them are good for blood sugar. Um, astragalus is really good for blood sugar. Um, and stevia is really good. And actually I would have caution around stevia because stevia does lower blood sugar and it does kind of do something with the hormones, the reproductive hormones. So, um, you know, I know it's a really common sweetener, but like, I kind of see it as an herb that I was going to say, cause it's a leaf, correct? I mean, it's based on yeah. a leaf. Yeah, it's okay. a green leaf. I've tasted the actual, like I've picked it and eaten it before. It's um, it's totally sweet. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah, it really is that. Um, it tastes like apples, kind of. Okay. Um, yeah. So, but stevia affects your blood sugar. It lowers it, so it's great for um lowering blood sugar. But if you don't want to lower your blood sugar, it may not be the best thing. And it does have an impact on your reproductive hormones and. I think the science out there is not conclusive. It's not like, yes, this exactly does this and there should be caution around it. It's more like, oh, we've noticed that there's this effect on, on reproductive hormones in mice and does this have any, you know, impact on humans? We don't know, but we're still using stevia a lot. So just if you have hot flashes, I've heard of people taking stevia, they have hot flashes and then they stop stevia and the hot flashes stop, um, you know, and some things people, like that. Like digestively, I think stevia can upset that. I mean, I use it pretty much daily in my coffee um, and I don't have any issues with it. But like mm-hmm. I heard, I think I could be totally extrapolating. I think Laura like responds to it not well in terms of like digestion. So yeah. is that common too? like some people can respond that way? Um, I've heard of that more with like, um, like erythritol and what's the other one? Xylitol. Mm-hmm. Those are mm-hmm. super common irritants yeah. for gut stuff. Like I almost don't even like to recommend them because right. they're so irritating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we have just to kind of, so, so go ahead. Did you want to add something? No, that was it. Okay. Yeah. So we have just to give you guys a teaser of some things we, and we've touched on a lot of that. That's the thing. Like we get so many specific questions, but through the course of conversation, we've answered a lot of these, but we have a lot of, I think we could probably spend a whole hour on just fertility, um, amenorrhea, things around that, um, hormone balancing and mood, um, you know, just so many things I feel like this could pertain to. Um, so I definitely want to get you back on if you're down for it to dive deeper. What do you think? Yeah, I'd okay. love to. Okay. Now, just in closing, if there's anything in this first episode that you like really just want people to take away, or if there's one thing, one take home point or multiple ones, like I'm just going to open the floor to you to just speak about anything you want to talk about that we talked about or things that to consider moving forward when you're kind of investigating adaptogen use for themselves. Well, when it comes to adaptogens, listen to your body um, and, you know, try them um, because they can be really supportive to your overall feeling of energy and they can make you feel awesome, but you need to listen to your body and, um, and, and not just, you know, use every one because you think it might be the best thing for you. Um, Go slowly. And also, um, 
use herbs for infection because there's no resistance to herbs. Herbs are far too complex and multifaceted for a microbe to like build a resistance to it. Whereas with an antibiotic, they can. So I really think like that's something that I care about so much is just supporting moms and feeling comfortable using herbs when their baby is sick instead of antibiotics. Right. And antibiotics are fine if you do yeah. use them. It's not the end of the world. But if you can and if you feel confident enough like, or if you want to email me um, and just to get a deeper understanding of why they are so amazing, um, please do because I care about it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, that makes a huge amount of sense. I, we've talked a little about this in your previous episode um, with Bear. He was on antibiotics from like six months till he got two sets of ear tubes for just recurring ear infections, multiple ear infections. And I, I just didn't know, I didn't know any better. And it's funny that we'll like question so hard. We'll question like herbs, which are like a natural substance and we'll just feel like they're unsafe or, you know, like, I can't do that because there's no research out there or whatever. But yet, and I'm guilty of this too. A doctor prescribed something. I'm like, okay, like, he said, it's fine. I'm going to take it. And this is like literally something that's like formulated in a lab or like, you know, it's, it's, it's so funny. I think it requires a mindset shift for a lot of people. Um, and not that you should question traditional medicine because it's so useful in so many cases, but be more open to like the, a natural approach might work just as well or better than some of those um, things that were commonly prescribed. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, go ahead. No, you're totally spot on. And, 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 um, and that's safe. And and the fact that it's so safe is really what's inspiring because we want to keep our babies as safe as possible. We want that period of development to really be supported as much as possible. So, um, they are very safe, especially herbs for infection. They're, they're very safe. They're very powerful. Don't take them when you don't need them, but when you do need them, take them. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, with that said, tell us how to find you. If people do, you might actually get like a hundred emails, so you better be prepared. How can people connect with you? Um, Okay. So you can find me on MeganGarcia.com. That's, where I have a little blog and, um, Oh, I have my like nutrition program there and, um, um, there's some recipes and then I also am active a little on Instagram. I've slowed down a little bit. Um, but Instagram is a place where I love to, uh, just talk about things that I'm thinking about or post, uh, recipes that I'm working on. And then, um, Facebook is more of a place where I talk to a lot of moms and I answer a bunch of questions and that's more of like a dialogue Mm -hmm. place and Facebook. Um, I don't know. I think there's a link on my website where you can get to me on Facebook. Awesome. Amazing. Um, and email Megan Garcia at, Oh yeah. Um, it's hello at MeganGarcia.com. Perfect. Awesome. And as always, you can find Laura and I on Instagram at laura.radicalroots and at just.holdaspace. You can email us at modernmamaspodcast at gmail.com. Um, I'm trying to think. We have the Modern Mamas Tribe on Facebook, which I would definitely recommend. It's getting to the point where there's so many people there that 
I mean, people are just helping each other so much with their own experiences. We have a lot of uh, former guests on there that are sharing their um, knowledge there as well. So if you just want a tribe that's super supportive and that you can bounce questions off of, that is a safe place for you. So we will see you guys next time. Megan, it's always a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you next time. Hey guys, Jess here. Just wanted to give you the heads up on a great deal that we don't want you to miss out on. Laura and I have recently teamed up with our friends at ButcherBox to bring you an amazing offer on premium grass-fed, hormone, and antibiotic-free meats delivered right to your door. We've absolutely been loving the opportunity to put together our own custom boxes of the highest quality beef, pork, and chicken. And we definitely don't want you guys to miss out on the chance to try it too. Right now, if you visit butcherbox.com forward slash modern mamas, you get the chance to get $10 off of your first box plus two free 10-ounce grass-fed ribeyes. You definitely don't want to miss out on this deal, friends, so get on it. <laughs>